Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. I'm going to start the intro. I'm just going to introduce you really quick. Do you want me to say, as your credit, comedian? What would you like me to say? Yeah. Can you say I'm a comedian? Can you say my show, Less Lonely, is running off Broadway um, through January 6th? Oh, nice. How's it going? It's good. It's actually really good. And I was... um, I was having great anxiety about this, like yeah. all leading up. I don't. I just really thought it would flop, um, right. and it's been uh, exceeding my expectations. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you. The fear of the flop is real. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The fear of the flop is so real, and it's so funny because, like, you know, I'm working with Mike and Carly, who are these great producers. Yeah. You know, they did Kate. They did Alex Edelman's show. They're doing Rachel Bloom's show. They did Get on Your Knees, Jacqueline Novak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but maybe I'm the one that flops. You know, maybe well, I'm the exception. Well, I mean, I think I feel like I'm hearing a touch of this. Uh, maybe it's a, not it's not an Asian thing, but it's like this uh, imposter syndrome, a touch of the imposter syndrome, Jess. And, I think it I think yeah. it kind of is an Asian thing also though. I know it is definitely an Asian thing, but I guess what I meant was it's not only an Asian thing, but it's definitely an Asian thing. <laughs> but um I always when I feel that kind of uh feeling, I always think of, you know, like how you're we saying like the people I'm work I'm working with are so great and then it does it just doesn't connect that Oh, they're working with mm-hmm. me too. Like yes, that yes, connection. Yes. No, I'm like no. I'm gonna fail them. <laughs> oh, they have no idea how I'm about to fail them right now. How did I trick they, these they people into working me. with me? Yes. Yeah, they've made a huge mistake. No, obviously, I think the connection that we're both failing to make is that there's a reason that they're working with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go see your show, and I'm I know it's gonna be amazing. Thank you. It's it's been going really well, yeah. to be honest. And um, I'm finally like just trying to chill out and trying to be like, good, enjoy like, it. This is a good thing. Maybe I can take something good. Yeah, sit in that feeling. What does it feel like for you um, when something good happens and you have to sit in that feeling? Um, I don't know what cultural thing this is or if it's because I'm a Sagittarius or what, but I'm always like already three steps ahead. Mm. It's it's a real challenge for me to sit in the feeling because I'm already like, okay, well, what if, if next week or like, what if like tomorrow, like the sales go down, like, okay, like now, or it's like now that this good thing has happened, right. I have to top it. And like, it's actually more pressure that something good happened because now I have to do better than that. So what you're saying is the good feeling feels bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You I'm like, oh God, bad. like, why did something good have to happen now? Like, <laughs> yeah, now it's bad. Now people are going to expect me to keep doing good things. And who knows if I can do that? Yeah. Uh, can I say something? Oh God, I, I feel like we're so alike in this way. And I know that every, I know there are so many people that, what you just said go through what you um just mm-hmm. you know described but i had For this sure. i had so many epiphanies about this and i feel like it's so important it's almost like uh i had to see it through the lens of somebody else like me harming someone yes. else to yes. realize how oh. harmful that is for me wow like if i 
like for example I, uh, imagine like you're giving somebody a gift and then they're like mm-hmm. they feel like embarrassed that you got them a gift right and so then mm-hmm. they're like you shouldn't have done that and that's too much money and like don't return it or something like that and like how bad that feels because you just want them to feel good and happy mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but that person's not trying to make you feel bad. They're just ashamed that you got them a gift and they don't feel good enough, right? Yes. And it's yes. like just I, like all you want for is for them to sit in that moment and be like, "Oh, thank you." And that's like mm-hmm. just be happy with that happy. And it's like you're doing that to yourself. Like all you want is to like give yourself this gift of succeeding and we we worked hard and we did it. And you just want yourself to sit in that and be like, we did it. Thank you. But then they're just like, no, no, I don't want it. Okay, this is so big hearted and beautiful that like that's the way you're able to come around about like feeling good about your achievements (laughs) to think of like how much you would want other people to feel good about their achievements. This is a major difference between you and me, young me, is that what I do is... I look through other people's eyes at myself (laughs) and I go, oh, they're so jealous. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, like if I was someone else and I had to look at like what what I was doing, I would be so jealous. Mm. And that's the thing that makes me feel better is like imagining. But it's like knowing because I look at other people's stuff and I feel jealous. Mm. I feel very envious. Like that's a big thing that I struggle with a lot. And and I know that about myself and I try to be aware of it. Yeah. But so I try to put that jealousy on other people looking at my own self and then that's how i feel better which is way more fucked up than what you're creating enemies in your head and you're like haha yeah i did yeah 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 yeah. you said yeah you thought i would fail and i did it yeah yeah i love that makes you feel pretty bad to see me succeed right like and nobody i don't even think people i don't think (laughs) people are feeling like everyone's cheering you on for real everyone that i know know, i think they're being kind I think everybody is kind and supportive. Like, I think I'm just creating, I'm putting my own toxic energy onto other people. Because everybody that I know... Because I feel jealous. ...is so, like, happy for your success because I feel like we are just, like, cheering you on. And that is so funny that that. in your mind we're all like, ah, fuck Jess. It's because that's what I'm like. (laughs) That's what I'm like. Yeah. And so, it, you know, I have to confront myself and my own impulses around that. God, I'm trying to remember this, all this stuff, because I feel like we're the same person. This stuff that I learned in therapy about the jealousy stuff, too. But it's, it's, it's been too long. It's been too long. You're enlightened now. Now you only wish well upon others and they wish good well vibes upon only. you. And it's a cycle of good energy that just feeds itself. Must be nice, young me. <laughs> Sounds pretty nice. I'm better than you. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, I think uh, I'm just like, it's not that it's been too long, but it's this specific thing that I worked on in therapy has been a while. But um, obviously, I still feel those things because as as we all know, nothing ever gets fixed in mental health issues. You just have to deal with it forever. Um, But I, I just remember everything like every time I have like some sort of breakthrough in like therapy, it's always like. Hey, this is just about yourself. Did you know? Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I think the jealousy thing just like 
it, for me, it was just like, I'm not jealous of uh, this other person. It's something that I feel insecure about in myself. Yes. Or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I totally agree. And like, to be clear, like, I understand this is my flaw. Like, no, no, <laughs> I know. It's a personal no. flaw. But, every, but everyone has it, though. Yeah. Everyone feels I just try to be way. aware of it. I'm trying at this point to like notice when it happens and not just take it as a fact, you know, and be like, oh, like I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this behavior. Yep. Like, and it's a behavior that's happening inside my own brain. And it's not about that person or it's not about that gig or like whatever it is. It's just about like, yeah, what do I feel insecure about? Yeah. Can I say one thing like before we do the Please. intro about self-awareness that I find so fucking annoying? Because, you know, Please. you know, like when you're like, I have this issue with jealousy and I'm working on it. But like to, to even be able to say that is extremely self-aware. And it's like it's a sign that you are. Wait, no, I'm not like it's a sign. that No, you no, I'm accepting. I'm accepting. Accept it. Accept. Like it's a sign that you have a handle on it. Like you are aware of it and you're working on it. You are con like kind of like in control of that but i think for a lot of people that are so far away from being self-aware that they they can't even own up to their own jealousy problems when you yeah. meet somebody like that who's like zero self-awareness and you say something like i have jealousy issues they're like ew really yeah you're so creepy yeah. i don't and then you're just like and then they like say things to you in that tone like oh well maybe you should relax and stop comparing yourself and you're like <sighs> they like think of you in this yeah. like negative way because they are so far away from realizing that like right you know right. what i mean and it's like i actually know myself i actually know myself better than you know me and you're kind of showing me that maybe i know something about you exactly that maybe you don't know yeah it's like so hard i mean i'm specifically i'm talking about my korean mom in this instance because i'll be like ah, ah. <laughs> whenever i have like some sort of therapy thing and i'm like mom you know i have this issue with sometimes i get really enraged and she's like you have to control your anger and i'm like mom stop okay let's i think the fact that you See, let me turn this on you. I think the fact that you go to your mom and you talk to her about what you talk about in therapy is huge. Like, that's something that's really hard for me to imagine. And my mom's American, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's not even... We don't even have, like, an intense, like, cultural disconnect or anything. My mom is super... Um, she's always been like this. She's super open about talking about everything maybe to a fault because when i was a kid she would mm. talk to be to me about like stuff that she should not have talked about like okay so she has bad boundaries is what yeah, you're saying yeah bad boundaries makes for but <laughs> makes for very open conversation i can talk about literally mm -hmm. anything in front of my mom that's great i think that's awesome yeah i think it's it's really helped uh bond us i i think Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is the podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. Every episode, I have a guest come on and share a sad story, and then I try to make them laugh about it and make hair grow out of their butthole. This week, I have an amazing guest. They have an amazing show running right now off-Broadway called Less Lonely, and it runs through January 6th. They've also written for The Max Show, Our Flag Means Death, 
Give it up, everyone, for Jess Tom. What's up? <laughs> Hi, young me. Hi, Jess. Also, extraordinary comedian. Been on the scene since 2011? Like, um, in New York, 2013. 2013. But yeah, I've been doing comedy since like 2011 or so. Wait, where were you before New York? I feel like I know this. I, I was in college. So my sort of comedy origin story is I was like a college theater kid. I did improv in college. And then I would come home to San Francisco, like for winter break and yeah. do open mics. Nice. And people would be like, w- do you want to be on my show? And I'd be like, actually, I'm leaving next week. So like, bye. And then so I didn't. And then I moved to New York right afterwards and started wow. doing it for real. Wow. Leave them begging for more. That was just like a very gentle flex that you try to make fly under the radar. They would they wanted me on their shows, but I was like, what? No, bye. I become when I talk about like my very, very first days doing comedy, I become like totally evil. So (laughs) I (laughs) there's like no way to tell the story that doesn't make me sound a little bit evil. So wait, is it because you blew up so quickly? Or like you gained so Not, much traction? I didn't blow. Oh my god, young me! It's been it's taken me ten years to blow up anything. But no, I th- right. It was. I was, but it is that I I was I was pretty good. You're great from the beginning. From get and people told me I was good from the beginning. Right, I guess that's always been my understanding of your career. I know that it you know like obviously uh, you've put in so much work for a long time. But I feel like the vibe was always like the word on the street was always like Jess. Jess so, is so funny. Ah, you're just feeding and feeding my ego. You don't even know. Like I'm like a monster. I'm a <laughs> good. I support. I have a that. monstrous ego. I support uh, Asian people having giant egos and taking up self confidence. Yes, yeah, I love that. Have, having self worth. It's like not really something we're taught. Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud of even and I can say five generations in we were still not really taught that that much. Wait, are you a fifth generation American? Yeah, on the Japanese side. Wow. You know what I think is so fascinating about? um, I mean, obviously, as an Asian person, you know this, but Asian people and obviously it's like a large part of the conversation that diaspora has especially in america but how asian people are always seen as the outsider when i meet people that are yes like, yes fifth yes. generation i'm like yes whoa like you're so american and they still won't let you be yes yes <laughs> it's absolutely no perpetual foreigner i'm telling yeah. you from 100 years in the future they still think you're some other kind of something yep because you know i was reading about anime wong and i anime wong was i think she was fifth generation or third generation mm. and mm. that she was born in mm. what like i think she was born in like 1900 1900 or something like 1910 or something yeah my family came uh on the japanese side came to the u.s in like 1905 wow that's amazing were they in california they went to california yeah yeah on the chinese side i'm only second gen but like my dad grew up in la so both my parents are american right do they speak, like, any other language besides English? My dad does. Yeah. Um, but my mom, no. Of like, my, my Japanese yeah. grandmother speaks spoke English only. Yeah. Because she, she um, I mean, their family was in the U.S. during World War II. So they were like, well, can't do that anymore. 
Yeah, let's just uh, everyone cool it on the on yeah. our culture. Um, yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. America, pretty great place that we love. Yeah. We love it here. Please, we love it here. We love this 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 uh, horse stall that you put us in. Thanks for the horse stall. Pretty love- nice in the desert. We love it here. Pretty pretty cold at night. Kind of drafty. It's so, it's so sad. Um, I did want to ask if there is like anything topical you wanted to touch on, but I feel like this was like a semi new segment in this podcast. But then I think recently it's just been like. Yeah, because uh, I listened to, I listened to your most recent guest episode with Mike. I'm just sort of like, well, is there anything topical to talk about that's like not Israel and Palestine? That's what like, I mean. Like recently, it's right. just like, it's and it's like, ooh, yeah. So I guess I um, mean, obviously, this is not the point. This is so far on the list of important things, like regarding yeah, Palestine, but like navigating that in like the entertainment industry no i think that's very important because actually young me it was um seeing a lot of your tweets and like you just like really kind of relentlessly like popping off jokes about this and like they're funny and they're real and like seeing you do that made me be like okay like i have to step up and like really talk about this Oh, I felt like I was not I was I felt like I was like not doing that at all and I felt kind of like I think you've been very outspoken. Like very outspoken. Well, here's the thing. So, yeah. It it does feel really hard being a comedian cuz it's like when stuff gets like super sad, you're like mm-hmm. I what I do usually to deal with this is obviously for my own mental health is make jokes so I can deal like live through it is Mm -hmm. just feels so harsh and inappropriate you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like have you been seeing like do you know like Sammy Obeid I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce his name he's a comic he's Palestinian American yeah and also watching him he's posting clips from like club shows and stuff where Mm -hmm. he's talking about stuff and he's making jokes like and they're funny Mm -hmm. um and seeing that too I was like oh like Sammy's out here doing this and like this is his people you know like this is his he is intimately intimately tied into what's going on right now and he's going out in literal comedy clubs mm. talking about this shit so i saw that and i was like okay like if he's gonna be doing that if young is gonna be doing this like it for me it's seeing other people seeing my peers and being so uh inspired by honestly like your bravery that i'm like okay like i too have to step it up because because i know what's right and i have to say it yeah yeah i mean i for me i yeah but it's also like i was i think you said you listened to the episode with mike i was telling mike that there was this one point where i was like yeah i want i'm gonna say it because i want people to feel like whatever i'll take the fucking hit you know like Mm -hmm, for people mm -hmm. who feel like maybe they can't say it even if Mm -hmm. whatever they're not comedians they just um don't feel comfortable saying stuff online um, but then also, like I said to Mike, I don't want like the people that agree with what oh, I'm yeah. saying to look bad because I'm stupid. Yeah, you know, like I don't want. 
So it's also like, yes. that's my fear. Yes, and um, I spoke to my friend, one of my friends the other night, who is um, Jewish and is an anti-Zionist and has yeah. been like doing a lot of anti-Zionist organizing from like yeah. before too, but like especially right now. And she... I'm literally, I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass. She was like, um, you know, like, thank you for saying something. And I was proud of you for saying something in your own words instead of just, like, reposting stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think I say that to you to say I think there is a real value in using your own voice to speak on what's going on, like, even if... You know, yeah. we're not, you know, Jewish or we're not Muslim. We're not Palestinian. So, yeah, yeah, I think there's a value to that. Yeah. And I think it shows a different perspective because, um, yes, like I made <laughs> one of the tweets that I made that went kind of viral was like just me telling a story of what happened in Korea. Right. Yes, I saw that. Because The other part of like saying stuff about Palestine and Israel, it's like, this has nothing to do with me. I don't want yeah, yeah, this yeah. to feel weird to people. Like, you know, like you said, your yeah. friend who's a comedian who's Palestinian. Like, I want that person to be centered, you know? Um, of course, of course. But also I was like, oh, these but it's are a, we ways can't that... like leave him alone. Exactly. Yeah. We, we can't leave them alone to like stand on their own, If especially, you know, if we agree. But there are ways mm -hmm. to like sort of connect the issues together, I think in a way that we have our perspective that they might not know of, you know? No, it is, and it's helpful. Yeah. It was helpful. I learned, I watched that video that you made, and I learned from it, you know? I'm I'm a fifth-generation Japanese-American, so, yeah. like, I'm pretty far removed from, like, what was happening in Japan and what was happening in Korea. Yeah. And, but I'm, like... You know, like, I learned when you were, like, there were 20, 30,000 Koreans in Japan who got killed, like, in the atomic bomb. Like, I didn't really know that because I yeah. just hadn't put that together, can you I know? Tell you? So, like, I yeah. learned from that. Well, can I tell you the interesting thing about, um, well, because what you're referring to is this TikTok video that I made about being Korean. Yes. And we have this, a lot of Korean people have said this, but we have this uh, historical relationship to Japan because Japan... And a lot of people in America don't know that mm -hmm. the Imperial Japan did a genocide in Asia, which resulted in 11 mm -hmm. million deaths, right? And that was like around the time of the Holocaust. And it's like, mm -hmm. and a lot of Asian, and you like, you know, you're like Chinese as well. And like 8 million mm -hmm. Chinese people were genocided by Japanese people, yes. you know? And that's, I'm sure that means it's a lot to you as somebody being half Japanese and Chinese and I'm half American and Korean and American people right. dropped the atomic bomb on Japan and like what does that mean for me and like there's these complicated things that we can't it's it's almost weird because I don't feel like I have the right to just identify as a victim because Koreans are victims when I'm also American and you, do right. you know what I mean it's like very complicated of course no, of course it's complicated yeah. And so, you know, like what you said, like, I don't think anybody like Korean people uh, even feel animosity towards any Japanese people today, because why would you care about some 25 year old guy like living I gotta in say, Shinjuku? I get some feedback. 
Yeah. I get some feedback from Koreans sometimes and I'm like, yo, I'm I hear I feel you and you're right and that's real and I'm actually I'm not going to like skirt accountability for whatever, but I'm just saying I didn't come right from Japan. Like I don't even It's so different. You're completely like a Japanese American person is so different. And also, let me say I come from a Yeah. I don't even identify as like like Japanese people don't think I'm cool. You know what I mean? They're like, Ugh, like oh, Ugh. I know that feeling. Yeah, Koreans are like Please. absolutely no. They're like yuck. Like whoa, Ugh. like get away. I one time I like why is that I was sound in, so accurate? That's literally the sound that Koreans yeah, make no, that's about what me. We're like, they're like no, ew because both no. Japanese and Koreans for our own reasons, and I think for Koreans, I'm willing to give you guys a bit of benefit of the doubt, right? Because we fucked you all up. But Japanese and Koreans are both obsessed with like purity, yes, like ethnic yep. purity. Yep. They love it. No, I don't. You know what? I I always think that there's maybe something to do with the the trauma of Imperial Japan. But I feel like that shit was already happening in Korea. I don't. I'm know. sure it I don't sort know, of was happening. I think it was. We also have our own kind of white supremacy. Yep. We like created our own white supremacy, and I hate to fucking say it. This is problematic of me. I hate to fucking say it, but like Korean. Like, where, like, Koreans fall pop culturally right now is yeah. very... It gives white supremacy. I'm telling you that I also believe that. I think it's fascist. It gives white supremacy. It gives fascism. I, I, I dated... Um, I have an ex who is Asian, um, whose family was from Hong Kong, so, like, not even related to this, but my ex was, like, beautiful, gorgeous, like, pale... Yeah. Pale, pale, like moon face. Oh. And um we would go to the Korean store and and like they looked like they're they're non binary, but they look like a beautiful femme. Um yeah. really beautiful, like nice clothes, beautiful makeup, pale, pale, pale face. Um and Koreans would speak Korean to them and just totally ignore me. And I was <laughs> like, Yeah, I get it. I'm like a tan, like ready, like mixed, like you don't know what i am and this one you think is korean the pale one korea yeah no i'm so glad you brought that up because like korean people well actually you know the video that i made on tiktok i didn't get to the other half of it because i was crying too hard but like what i was gonna start <laughs> story of my life story i yeah, didn't get know, to the point because i was crying but <laughs> the actual point was i was gonna say the trauma that koreans went through uh maybe this had a big part of it maybe not but like modern day koreans teetering on fascism like it's just like mm. it's nuts there like and i think mm. a lot of people don't pick up on the fact that the whole entertainment industry there is is like sort of like this uh Go not there's no there's probably no proof of this this is where i get like conspiracy -y, but like oh government, no I'm, I'm ready for it i'm ready government funded propaganda korean mm -hmm. cultural assets because think about how mm -hmm. much soft power korea has they have mm -hmm. so much fucking soft power they like everybody in the world under the age of like 18 would yes go to war for bts Literally yes, absolutely. for Korea. Absolutely. No, they're they're affecting our government. They're affecting our, our elections. Yes. They're like Russia. Like Russia and BTS are on the same level of influence and in the United States. And I swear there's no way that that's accidental. Like the Korean government mm -hmm. had a heavy hand in that. 
you know mm-hmm. and i i think about that all the time and i in that way i see a lot of comparison to like modern koreans and like you know like um like what you said like white power white power white supremacy you know like the west and things like that and i do believe you know because in america there's this uh like evidence that the cia had a heavy hand in like hollywood you know and pop music and like sending uh pop music to ussr and things like that and i feel like that might have been an influence on the korean cultural like pop cultural stuff assets i mean i see it i see and you said it not me so i swear to god one day we're gonna find out and it's rooted in supremacy you know it's rooted in that like Mm -hmm. You have to I'm get glad. a whole new face. Yeah. My it, friend, oh my God. My my friend, do you know Hayun Park? No. Um, she's back in back in Korea now. Um, but she's my good, good friend. She's a director, a writer, um, amazing actor. Um, really cool, like queer, weird Korean person. Um, and Hayun was always like you would be so successful in Korea. And I was like, hey, Jan, like, I would have to get a nose job. I would have to bleach my skin. Like, they don't, I would not, like, maybe I have, like, a good, like, base face, but, like, they'd have to change a lot of stuff (laughs) before I could be successful in Korea. Yeah, they make you do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I I always tell people, like, okay, everyone in Korea, like, fascistly has to get the same plastic surgery face. And they're like... Yes, yes, they look the same. Yeah, and everyone's like, well, that's like America, like Kim Kardashian face, like all the celebrities have the same. I'm like, no, no, I'm not talking celebrities. I'm talking about your fucking dentist. Mm-hmm. I'm, talk- I'm mm-hmm. talking about the person that works at 7-Eleven. Like, yes, yes. No, your eyes. You got to get your eyes done. <laughs> like, I think of it as the same as like, like getting braces in America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is yeah. to get your eyes done. Yeah, braces, weirdly not popular in Korea, though. They're like, I don't give a shit about the teeth. They don't care about teeth in Korea. You just have to have huge eyes and messed up teeth. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about the teeth. It's so weird. I mean, maybe just don't care as much. (sighs) Yeah, I guess. No, that's like, I actually like hearing your perspective. And I also think that I know what you're saying about the the idea that as entertainers, we're thinking about how we're going to like navigate the... Mm -hmm the news stuff and it seems very uh it seems not important but i i think that the difficult part for me is that it could be extremely important it could be the most important thing you know like we saw what's the comedian he was i know he was on piers morgan bas basir i think his name is basir yusuf i'm sorry basar i'm sorry I'm sorry. I don't know who you're really talking bad. about. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I, you, you weren't keeping up on your Piers Morgan uh, episodes. I'm just kidding. I know. I, I turned Piers off Morgan. my Google alert for Piers Morgan. I hate him so. My much. mistake. Anyway, but there was a there was a comedian on his show that literally turned the tide of mainstream media because he was so well spoken mm. and funny. Mm. And he, I don't think he's Palestinian, but his wife is Palestinian, and mm-hmm. so he had all these jokes. And that clip of his uh, segment on Piers Morgan went viral right like in the beginning. And I feel like it had a mm-hmm. heavy hand in shifting uh, some of the narrative, you know. And I was like, I mean, that's incredible. 
So it is, it, I know I, what you feel like, ah, oh, this is so dumb. I got to make jokes. But then I'm like, it, it will, it could help, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like my role in a lot of things is just to be like, like, look how cool it is to believe what I believe. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. cool. Like, you think I'm cool. You know yeah. what I think is really cool would be a liberation for the Palestinian people. Yeah. Yep. That's how the Koreans and did isn't it. Isn't it cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think BTS is cool. Uh, they they say free Palestine. Right. Exactly. I mean, I fucking wish I wish Beyonce would have canceled her movie in Israel. Taylor right. Swift did it. There's a precedence. There's a precedence and she didn't did, do it. I wish she would have done Swift it. Taylor Swift did that? I think wow. so. Okay. I don't think it was big. Like, I think it was really quiet. Mm, interesting. I think she just doesn't like controversy, and so she just was like, uh, like, just take it away. I see. Yeah. Yeah, now I know what you mean. I wish, I wish Beyonce would do that, but... I'm doing what I can, but I'm not as cool as Beyonce. Okay? Like, yeah. I'm doing what I can. No, but I like the point of you saying, uh... That's also a very, uh, I feel like, self-aware and very intelligent thing to say. Because I think that plays such a big role and people act like it's like silly or nothing. But that's literally one of the most, um, what's that called? Influential mm. things for people. If somebody... Yeah, I am an influencer. So. You're, yeah, you are an influencer. And I think it's hard because yeah. so much of I read a tweet like right before this or something that was about how like um, something like, you know, people, are, the everyday person has so little power in our government at mm -hmm. this point yeah. that we've had to like shift the attention onto like celebrities and mm. on to like Hollywood and like what do you believe because it's the only place where we feel like we have any control and I think that there's a right. huge I think that's a huge problem you know like yep. I think I've noticed a pattern ever since like the heyday of me too in like mm -hmm. 2017 yeah that what happened like because me too got focused on like Harvey Weinstein and like you know people in Hollywood like this actress like you know, got sexually assaulted, it it shifted. Like, we needed to be talking about those things, and, like, we needed to be, like, Harvey Weinstein is a horrible man, and he needed to get, like, taken out of that position. Yeah. But what happened was it shifted the focus to, like, who's allowed to work in Hollywood? Like, who's allowed to be on TV? Mm. Instead of, like, instead of, like, you know, rape culture is in every industry and like yep. it's happening everywhere in the whole world. Um, and now like everything is about Yeah, it was the wrong response. Like, oh, like Johnny Depp is a is an abuser and like he's in movies. You know, it's about like whether or not you can be in movies or not yeah. and not about like fixing the actual problem. So like now That's we're looking point. at and I've become like the eye of this because in you know, some not, I mean, not the eye, but, like, people have their eye on me in a little way where they're being like, how come you're not posting about this and that? And I'm like, yes, I get it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the issue. Like, the issue is not nope. actually, like, what celebrity posts about Palestine or Israel. It's actually a real violence 
that's yeah. really happening. And the, that it doesn't actually matter what Beyonce believes or not, actually. That is such a good point. And I, I really like what you said in the beginning where you were like, oh, because we don't have any power in government. Now we're mm-hmm. shifting our energy into what celebrities say because we we are so stuck. And mm-hmm. and it's almost like a distraction from the fact that no matter what we do, our government is not going to do what we want them to do. Right. So right, now we're right. getting mad at Beyonce. At who? And right. Meanwhile, the like, I think it was yesterday. Did it? Wasn't there like a big ruling that uh, anything that you say against oh, uh, yes. Zionists oh is now considered anti-Semitic? And people were like, "No." Yes. So you can't talk shit about Israel without it being literally legally considered anti-Semitism. Right. right. Which is literally fascist. That's literal fascism. Literal fascism, just like the Koreans. Just everything is the <laughs> Koreans' fault. Let's I'll, As long as you're the one who said for the I just Tom it. half Japanese and half Chinese, I have not said this. <laughs> <laughs> Young me mayor this half white American this half white American is that it's Korea's fault. Um it's all Korea's fault. No, I'm just kidding obviously it's not I I think the overall yeah, no, I really love that what what you just said. That's like really actually and and also I'm really glad that you said it because um Maybe that was part of the reason that was like inside my mind that I was like was feeling so unsettling to me when I was saying, oh, as a comedian, like our voices uh, will be helpful. And part of me saying that felt kind of like it felt weird to me. And I think maybe part of it Mm -hmm. was because like deep down inside, I kind of was missing that piece that you just said. The truth is we are all powerless and right. it doesn't matter whether or not I am pro-Palestine or Beyonce is pro-whatever, Israel, and, like, this person is blah, blah, blah. Nothing we say as uh, people that are public-facing, not not putting us in the same category as Beyonce, but, like, people that are public-facing. Right. But, like, ultimately, like, it shouldn't be up to Beyonce. Like, yeah, as exactly. it stands, or she has a massive or- amount of power, her, exactly. her world tour... Yeah. change the economies of countries like she yeah. actually does have like a lot of material she has power, power. Yeah. but like ultimately ultimately she's a pop star and like it shouldn't be about her yep it, it is about her but it shouldn't be and even if she did come out and say whatever it wouldn't yeah. really change the 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 yeah. american government you know yeah. she doesn't have the power yeah. to do that no matter what yeah. even if yeah. she went to like palestine or gaza right now maybe people yeah. would there would it still wouldn't do anything. We're yeah. stuck. We have no power. We live in a fascist hard, but, state. But I do want to bring it around to what you said earlier, which I actually think is a really, really good point, which is the thing about the comedian on Pierce Morgan's show yeah, that went viral yep. and then changed people's hearts and minds. And like that is our role, again, like on a grand scale, to make it look really cool to do the right thing. Because yeah. ultimately that's what we're trying to get because everything now especially is about brand and about image so we're trying to be like hey like the democratic party like it's actually cool (laughs) you know like you know it would be so cool that would make us want to vote for you would be 
if you called for a ceasefire yeah so these innocent people can stop getting killed all the time yeah but right now they don't think that's cool they think it's more cool to support the killers yeah i think hopefully you know with this in my head i'm like even though we all feel power we are powerless right now we can't get the government to do anything um I kind of feel like it might be like a slow, uh, like a, what's it called? Like a a slow, it'll slowly shift something. Something's going to happen, you know, or not, or Mm -hmm. revolution. Something's happening. I mean, things are happening. Yeah, things are, guillotine time. Yesterday, I I called it the guillotine and somebody was like, no, it's guillotine. It's a French word. That's so Asian of you. That's so Asian of you. I I love that. It's guillotine because this is America and we speak American here. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Two L's. Yeah, that's right. Pronounce it. No, that's right. You tell them that. Why don't you? Why don't we bust out the guillotines and get some the guillotine crescent rolls? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No and good point. Of course, the Orvies and <laughs> croissants and baguettes. Um, but yeah, who who knows what's gonna happen? But. Yeah, what an interesting... No, I I think this is a very interesting and important discussion to have about being, you know, like having a job, which is literally saying stuff. Mm-hmm. And how to say mm-hmm. it when and things like are And like saying hard. stuff about like the world. Saying stuff about the world. Who knows what's right? Yeah, you just have to follow my lead and blame everything on Korea. <laughs> just kidding. I can't do that. You can do that, but I can't do that. <sighs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to be known. I want to be known as the comedian. You'll be the voice. (laughs) I'm going to take down the Korean beauty industry. That's my number one mark. (laughs) How dare they say that we all have to be pale? That's fucking. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little. (laughs) But don't you think it's so Asian of Koreans to be better at being pale than white people? Like, oh yeah, Koreans no, 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 white people. Uh, no, no, that's the thing. That's that's the thing about East Asians. Like, I'm like, that's why they're trying to hold us down, because at the end of the day, anything they can do, we can do better. Anything, anything, anything. Oh, you think white people are the best? What if we get whiter than the white people? Then right, they're right, translucent right. at this point. The mm-hmm. Koreans are translucent. It's literally they're called glowing. translucent skin. They call it glass skin because they've gotten so white, you can just see the capillaries and the muscles yeah. and the molars. Yeah. yeah, you can see everything moving around in there. I love Koreans. They're like, we did it. We 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 outwhited the whites. They should be proud of that, actually. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You deserve. You deserve. You deserve. You've earned that. You've earned that. I saw this Asian comedian say, like, you kn- you know that um, white people, like, had been won by Asians when the Japanese made a, be- made a better mayonnaise? <laughs> that's fucking funny. Oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> you know the whites were so pissed. They're like, that's how true. dare you? That's how dare true. you take that our That was our thing. That was our one thing that we had that nobody argued that we didn't have. Well, it looks like that's ours now, bitch. We did it. Put better. that little white baby on it. <laughs> a cuter white baby. Yeah, we'll use your face. We'll <laughs> use your face for our product. 
They put a picture of a white baby. We're like, this on is what it. white people look like. <laughs> so cute. So jolly. Oh, like, white people are so cute. And isn't it that the label is that they just printed the baby in an outline? So the mayonnaise is the color of the baby's skin. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. They're like, this is like in you. A clear this bottle. is what you look like. This is what your babies look like. <laughs> Milky ass, creamy little babies. <laughs> that is so funny i just realized that the the baby on the bottle is a white person's baby <laughs> it's your sauce we made your sauce but better <laughs> that's so funny oh my god okay so we've gotten to the segment of the show where i ask you what your sad story is okay this is this is related to like the power of instagram and instagram versus real life I've been single um, for a while now. I've been single for almost two years, which is like the longest time I've ever been single. Mm. And in my last relationship, um, it was a non-monogamous relationship, but it was like really, really serious. It was really serious for me. And I like fell like head over heels in love with this woman like immediately. And like really early on, honestly, we probably only been dating like two months or something at this point. So this is kind of cringe of me. But really early on, I came to her and I was like, hey, like, not right now, but like, I, I, I really want, like, at some point in our relationship, like, I want you to post me on your Instagram grid. Mm. I, like, asked for this. Um, mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, of course, like, that's going to happen. Like, that'll happen at some point. Mm -hmm. And it just like never happened like mm. we were we dated for two and a half years um and it became this kind of like major point of contention for me where she didn't use instagram that much at all really um so that was what like she would always say she would always be like oh like you know i just don't really post to instagram which was true um yeah. she didn't like over the whole time that we dated she only made one Instagram post, and that was when she got married to her other partner. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, that's a major life event. There had been other major life events. Like, they, they moved into a house together, and, like, she didn't post about that. So I was like, okay, fine. Like, you're not posting about it. Um, yeah. But I would, like, I started to become really, really aware of it. And I started to really, because she also didn't post about me, like, in her stories that much either. Mm. Which all of this is dumb, but it's about, like, the, like, idea of, like, the ephemerality of the stories and the permanence of the grid, quote-unquote. Um, mm -hmm. But it became, like, a real, just a real push for me where I would be like, okay, like, my birthday's coming up. Like, maybe on my birthday, like, she's gonna post something about me. Or, like, oh, it's gonna be our anniversary. Like, maybe on our anniversary yeah she'll post something about me and it was like a real it was like pulling teeth like i honestly think maybe she posted me about me on her stories maybe twice like the whole time we were together and mm. i noticed this and i also noticed it wasn't just that she didn't use instagram because she did post about her other partner sometimes mm -hmm. like not a lot but like definitely more than me and i would notice when it happened mm-hmm um, and they were more, they were organic posts. Like they were like, it was like a picture that she took of the two of them. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, oh, you're never like 
taking pictures of like the two of us while we're out. Mm. And like one of the last big fights that we had, we had this really, really big fight where we didn't talk for like two weeks and that two weeks spanned. It went over like what would have been like our second anniversary. Mm. And so like, so like obviously it didn't happen then. And like it's so dumb because like that's not what the fight was about. But like I was aware of that as it was happening. I was like, oh, like and it's our anniversary. And like now she's really not going to do this. Um, mm-hmm. So eventually we broke up. She had never posted about me on the grid. But I was like, okay, that's fine. Like obviously she doesn't use this app mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So like it's fine. And then maybe six months later she did her first grid post, like, since she had gotten married. And the post basically said, like, in the last, like, 700 or whatever, however many days since the last post, Mm -hmm. the last 700 however many days, here's what's happened. And it was, like, a bullet point list, really short. And it was, like... It was, like, me and my wife got married... We, like, moved into a new apartment, and we, like, painted this, like, yellow arch in the house, and we got a dog. And Mm. so she basically, like, in her own words, erased me from her life. Like, totally, like, in the last Mm. 700 days, this is what happened. We got married, we got an apartment, we got a dog. Mm-hmm. And it was a carousel of pictures, and the first picture was a picture of her and the dog that I had taken. Mm. And I was like devastated, like it like destroyed me. Mm. And now, what's really fucked up is, and I keep thinking, you know, this was almost like almost two years ago that we broke up, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm over like the relationship itself like that's fine Mm -hmm. and i'm over like the breakup that's fine but i still to this day now when i see somebody post about their partner or like post about their anniversary or their birthday or something Mm -hmm. i get really angry and i get really jealous hmm and I never, um, I never used to feel that way before. And now, like, that's how I feel every time I see somebody's partner's birthday post. Mm. Well, I want to first start off by saying that that isn't, that isn't, because I heard you s- using these descriptors, like saying, oh, like, it's kind of dumb and it's just social media. I don't think it's dumb or anything. I think it's extremely important to you. But not just to you. I think it's extremely important to most people that the person that they're with acknowledges the relationship publicly, whatever that means, yeah. right? And in this day yeah. and age, it means Instagram right. posts. Right, that's the language we have. Yeah, and that isn't dumb or uh, silly. It's just that is that is how you validate the person in your life that's very important that is the language that we use to communicate things like Mm -hmm. that um so i i first of all think it's extremely important but let's say 
this was something that was quote unquote silly. Like for if you had asked your partner, can you make sure that uh, whenever you leave the house, you uh, leave a post-it note that says, I love you or whatever. Mm. Like whatever, it, it mm-hmm. might be the the most whatever thing in the world. The fact, I, I saw somebody saying this the other day, the fact that for you, it's a tiny little thing that they could easily do that would make you feel so important and special. And it's a little tiny thing and they're not doing that, right? Mm-hmm. It means it means that it's, a, it's such a red flag for that person and how, how much, quote unquote, that they care about you. And I think it's... yeah. I think it's the biggest reason. I don't know if this was the actual reason you broke up, but I think that's actually a huge valid reason to break up. This tiny little thing that is so simple that you could do and that would mean so much to me, um, you won't do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that it was... That is just, like, a microcosm of, like, the larger reasons of why we broke up. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people, because, you know, you hear you do hear a lot of people arguing about this specific thing where, right. why won't you post right. me as your partner? And their partner's response a lot of times will be like, who cares? I don't care about Instagram. I don't use it. I only have 200 followers. No one cares. Right, but it's like I care. Like it only matters that like one person cares and it's me. Yeah, it's like exactly, but it's almost like exactly nobody cares. It doesn't matter to you. That's what you're saying. So then post it. Because if you you don't actually care whether you post it or not and it means the world to me, then you should easily be able to just do it. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's... Yeah, I I mean, yeah. yeah, that's true. It, I think when people say like, well, who cares? I don't want to post it because I don't even use it and I don't like no one cares. I think that's like gaslighting because you're it's literally what you're saying. You're like, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. Just it's do like it. It's like not then. that big a deal. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, But so I just wanted to say I think that's extremely important. But I also thought it was very interesting. Um, The last part of your story where you're like, it makes you so angry and jealous to see other people posting stuff like that's like yeah that's very i have um, a thing about jealousy clearly the jealousy is coming up oh my god ew you're jealous i'm not like that at all i'm just kidding i know I'm just doing I have that, like, no no everybody no everyone feels that way then i think it's like very i, I think it's like very uh, courageous for you to openly say, say that because most people are too embarrassed to admit that but we all feel like that you know um no, but I think it's interesting because maybe this is just, and I know this is like maybe unfair, and this is actually very unhelpful, and I don't even know why I'm saying this, but like, do you it, know, do it, say it, say it. <laughs> when people have like relationships, bad relationships, but in in your in my mind, they seem so cool. I'm like, yes, yeah, Jess, just get this. You can just get a cool new partner. Come on, you're so cool. Oh yeah, and I like, mean. You'll, you can find someone that's going to post you on their grid. Like, that's like, what a made me feel me crazy. That that's what made it. me feel crazy, young me. And like, this is like my problematic trait. But I was yeah. like, okay, I don't understand. Like, I'm actually, 
I'm actually somebody that people like like to show off and like I'm actually someone I'm cool people think I'm really cool it would be really cool to date me I kind of like I mean I hate to but I think people think that that's cool yeah I'm like I don't know people think I'm hot like I I was like why are you like hiding me yeah when I'm like actually a really cool person and when we're alone together, you're always like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Like, you're so cool. I love being your girlfriend. I love, like, I love coming to your shows. I love people, like, knowing that I'm your girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. But, like, in these other arenas, you're, like, totally hiding me. Like, completely obscuring that I even exist in your life at all. What is your theory on why you think this person was doing that? If you don't mind sharing. Because I'm sure that you've obviously been thinking about this for years. I think, and I want to say, like, it's, this is my first time, this is one of my first forays into, like, really talking, like, honestly about this. Because I think for a really long time, I was really trying to convince myself Mm. that that was a really good relationship I was really happy in. And that that was a really good person who really cared about me. And, like, Mm -hmm. and she did. She did. And she's not, like, a bad person. But, like, I just wasn't being honest about, like, how, like, hurt I was and how painful this was for me. Um, I wasn't being honest with myself, um, let alone anybody else. And um, I think I think she is I think she's in denial about her like traditional lifestyle. I think that she has mm-hmm. an idea in her head that she's this like relationship anarchist, polyamorist, mm. and she always wanted she was always like saying stuff that implied that like me and like her wife were like on the same level to her Mm -hmm. which is just impossible it's like legally impossible you know like it's Mm. just not possible i'm sure like you can love someone like in your heart Mm -hmm. like just as much as you love someone else but like at the end of the day like if you own like a home with somebody you don't have the same relationship with someone else Um, it's a yeah it's a level of commitment that was not present in your relationship right and I think that maybe she had some subliminal stuff in her own mind about maybe about like the acceptability of like her polyamorous relationships, maybe to oh, maybe like her like it, family yeah. or to something. Yeah. Um, yep. Because, like, everybody knew, everybody in our social circles knew. Like, that's not the problem, you know? She was inviting me to parties. I was her plus one to stuff. Like, that wasn't it. It was this one arena. Uh Uh-huh. I get that. And I just think subconsciously, and this is the part that was the most painful to me. Uh And this is my own projection, you know? I don't know that this was what it was. But to me, it was like, oh, like... She loves that other partner so much Mm -hmm. that it's easy for her to post about them. And Mm. me, she must love less because it's so, it seems so hard for her to do this thing that I keep asking for. And I'm like Mm. openly asking for it. And she's like acting like it's really hard. So she must really love that person and not love me as much. 
I think the first part of what you said is probably closer to the truth. Like there is in the back of your, I think most people's minds where Instagram is the official page of my life for official mm-hmm. reasons for my aunt Judy and for my coworkers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and maybe there was a rift between, you know, like what they wanted their life to look like versus what it really is or something i don't know that sounds like kind of which is confusing because to me in my experience of the relationship it seemed like what she really wanted her life to look like was this like anarchist polyamorous thing but like what she was really doing was like pretty traditional it's pretty traditional to get married and buy an apartment and get a dog like that's actually quite traditional hmm if i were you what i would think was that maybe this is like revealing a lot of my psychology i would probably villainize the wife <laughs> no 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 and be like no, no, well no. this is just i don't like, i don't feel that way and be like i know that this is what's happening um, no but, i don't think well know. i mean yeah and from I'm knowing very, them i know yeah um that's what's funny about it is that i have literally <laughs> no problem with the wife at all like none. yeah i'm like yeah like I wish you would go talk to her and be like, hey, why do you treat Jess like that, you know? Then why? Then why are, why are you posting me? Like, that's so confusing. That would drive me nuts. It I did drive me the, nuts. And I just yeah. acted like, I just gaslit myself and acted like it didn't bother me that much for two and a half years. And it turns out it actually really bothers me because now two yeah. years later, I'm still having this emotional effect that I don't want to be, ha- I don't want to be looking at other people's open displays of love and feeling resentful. I don't want mm. that. I don't like it. I really hate that I, I was like talking to my friend um, and they were like, oh yeah, like I don't really use Instagram unless it's like my partner's birthday or something. And I was like, the fact that you just said it was so easy, like you were like, that's the reason I would go on, like enrages me. Like I'm like mm. alight with mm-hmm. rage. That, like, you're saying, like, that's the reason that would bring me to this app would be to post about my partner, who I love. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing that I, again, I'm going to just say one more time, because I think, I think there's a big, there's a big, like, uh, what, what to call this? There's this big thing in everybody in the world that do this where people are made to feel like what they feel strongly about is not important, you know? Mm-hmm. Or it's like frivolous or it's silly. But I don't think anything, you know, that makes you feel strong emotions is silly. Like there's always validity to it. There's something very important there. And I think the... The thing that I just, you know, want to emphasize listening to your story is that, you know, if if you're somebody listening to this or you're whoever, you know, whenever you get into another relationship and something is bothering you and making you feel mm-hmm. strong emotions, no matter how quote unquote small it may seem, I think uh, it's it's extremely important. And if you get to the root of it, I think you will see that it stands for something very deeply, deeply uh, important and big which I think mm-hmm. for in your story it stood for no matter what the reason was we we won't we I guess no one will ever know you were never on this person's grid um, but it's 
but and maybe they'll never see it this way but for you it just was they didn't care that's what it felt like they don't they didn't care enough about you or like uh your feelings you know and that's Mm -hmm. huge i think Mm -hmm. yeah no you're right about that you're right about that and that is i mean i think giant thing to be upset about like in my yeah no you're totally right about that that is that is what's like underneath all of it and like for me i mean it's just making me be like again i haven't dated in like two years it's the longest time i've been single i usually in my history have like jumped from relationship to relationship like really quickly but i think that i I think in the past it was because I always, like, wanted to be in a relationship or, like, wanted to be, like, loved, like, so badly that I would just take whatever it was and I would convince myself that that was, like, the best thing in the world, Um, even when it wasn't. And then so ignore my own impulses and ignore my own feelings because, like, really, if I had really been listening, I would have known within that first year. You know, I would have been like, in okay, my months. birthday passed, my anniversary cast. Yeah. You said, like, you it's said done. this two months in. And by the way, that wasn't that early. Because when you were like, oh, very early on, two months in, I said that. I'm like, that seems like a pretty normal timing to me to say something like, can you post me sometime? Yeah, it's also pretty long in lesbian time. Also, you said it right right off the bat. Like they like this other person knew your wishes. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like you said it two years in. Like, hey, can you post me by the way? And I'm like, yeah, I've been like I've been thinking this about time. this for yeah. yeah, yeah. You said it right off the bat, and they're like, sure, whatever. Um, yeah, it's like they knew this thing really was very important to you, and they just didn't do it. I don't know what the reason is, and honestly, who cares what the reason is? Right, right. So they right. didn't do it next. Thank you, next. I know. And it's, I need to, yeah, I'm just not going to do that again, like, in a relationship. And it's Never. making me wait. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting. I'm not going to date again until I, like, I, I, like, meet somebody and I, like, like them and they, like, like me back, you know? Like, I'm yeah. not going to, like, look around for, like, oh, who, like, who is going to be my next partner? You know, that's not. Yeah. That's not what it is anymore. Well, it seems like I always feel like whenever people take a long time after a breakup, it's just like this maybe learning moment. And it seems like mm-hmm. you you did learn something very valuable. Um, but also, I'm going to say this is as somebody that had like a history of serial monogamy and then had this. I don't know if I told you this, but I made myself be single for a whole year. Starting oh, in, I didn't know this. As an experiment, starting in the fall, this is funny, starting in the fall of 2019, and then COVID happened uh-huh. in the middle of it, uh-huh. and I was like, uh-huh. oh no, and so then I ended up being single for like two and a half years, like you are now, and uh, I did I did realize, though, I found that I love being single, and I loved it, mm-hmm. and I learned all these things, like I, I'm, not, I'm never going to date somebody if they don't do this, like basically what yes, you're saying yes, now yes. um but then i i do have to say after being single for a long time those walls are like a little too high where i, I was know. like going on dates and being like 
oh, I don't like this person, like, use the wrong fork or something, like, stupid. I'm like, ew, never. Um, I could see that happening to me. I could yeah. see, Well, because what happened, my whole life, I mean, it's crazy, young me, because, um, like, after I got out of this relationship, my whole life changed really drastically in a lot of different ways. Um not the least of which being, and I talk about this a lot on stage, I talk about it a lot in my show, Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a little more about this relationship in my show also. Um, But I, like, I started sleeping with men, and Mm. I started sleeping with gay men, which I had never Mm -hmm. done before. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I also needed, I needed to be out of a relationship in order to do that. Like, even a... Mm open relationship i needed to be out of it because i just needed to like not have to like check in with somebody yeah all the time um but so yeah i'm learning a lot of just like new stuff about myself and i'm literally like oh like the next time i date somebody like i don't even know i'm like are they gonna be a man are they gonna be a woman are they gonna be something else like i don't know yeah and that's like you know i know that this probably has been a very hard time for you but like doesn't it just feel good to like just learn stuff about yourself oh totally right no i love it yeah i love it i i also love being single i loved it when i was single it was so chaotic i I was doing yeah what was your favorite thing about being single well just like the fact that i think um buried in my mind somewhere was like this idea that i had to act a certain way and then mm-hmm. I, when I was single, I was just like, no, I can literally sleep with three different people in a week and no one gives mm-hmm. a shit. No one to mm-hmm. check in with, you know, no one to call, talk to, ask any sort of permission is probably the wrong word, but like no one cares what I do. No one that you have to be accountable to. Yeah, no accountability, just like la la la. And just like, that was like really fun for me. And then I, I got really used to it. And then there's like this meme that I love. So, or it was like this viral tweet, I think, where somebody was like, I hate dating women that have been single too long because she'll be like, you forgot to turn off the lights. That's it. I can't take it anymore. And I was like, that's literally me. I'm breaking up with people after one week because I'm like, why is the bathroom light on? Get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) You don't respect my space. You don't respect my boundaries. Red Um, flag. Red flag. Oh, my God. That was literally me. I was like, did you just... Did you just say like it was the well? I mean, also I think the majority of the people I date are like cishet men, right? Well, just so like, they have a lot of red flags. So it's hard. Yeah. It's hard so it's, because it's like it was hard getting back into dating because I was like, number one, am I like too sensitive to red flags, or is it that every fucking man in the world is the fucking worst? You know, men and are both of those rough. things are true. <laughs> I will say from from sleeping with them, and yeah. this is my first time, like just the past couple of years, like really fraternizing with cis men. I never did that before. Um, yeah. And I am like, ooh, Ugh. this is how you guys have been this whole time. Ugh. <laughs> but I, I, I guess like I already said the, you know, what I thought about your sad story. I think the lesson there, it, it sounds like you are already very well aware of this, is that if you're with somebody and they're they're doing something ve- that's seemingly very minimal and silly seeming even to you and they're not doing it or doing it it's it's indicative of a pr- 
probably a very large problem and you should go with your emotions your emotions are mm-hmm. telling you the truth you got to listen to them when they happen especially if they're that mm-hmm. strong it's a challenge for me i don't lead with emotion i'm a very like rational and logical person and so it's a real it's like a thing i'm learning is to listen to my emotions and value them and be like this is actually like this is something i can follow instead of being like it doesn't matter how i feel yeah. like logically speaking this is a good relationship mm. yeah but i think in that way in that way sometimes things sneak in that, that are very big problems because logically mm-hmm. it is a very small issue if someone's not putting you on instagram but emotionally your emotions are like like alluding to something very very deeply wrong mm-hmm. and i think that in that case they were correct so oh i need to learn yeah go to just le- listen to your emotions and i don't have any water in my chart it's not natural to me to listen oh, to my emotions. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up at that. Okay, because we're running out of time, but I did want to end with this. You're a Sagittarius, which I remember because yes. last time we I interviewed you, we were talking about your birthday and you had COVID, right? It was years yeah, ago. Um, this was a while ago. I It must have been two years ago. Yep. I didn't have COVID, but like Delta had just hit or something. Mm. Um, so I had to cancel everything yeah and i remember a week after that we had to cancel our live show because yes uh the same reason but you are a sagittarius and i'm a sagittarius oh my god wait what's your birthday december 8th oh this friday well happy almost birthday when's your birthday december 18th Mm. one week exactly before christmas nice you have a good it's our season it's our season and all these great things are happening your show is uh, a huge hit everyone's talking about it um wait what were you saying you don't have any water in your chart let's end on this so what's your top three you're sagittarius what's your rising i i am a sagittarius sun aries rising capricorn moon and I have a Capricorn wow. stellium with seven placements in Capricorn. That is so you. Yes. I've never. I'm that's very so earth real. and fire. Like I have big goals and I have the work ethic to get there. Yeah. But I can see the like, like the harsh criticism of yourself yes. kind of in your chart too. With very yes. Capricorn energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> very dark and stormy yeah yeah my that x was like an intense capricorn too and i think that that yeah i think that that i think that aided her like just not being super romantic and not being super like mushy gushy in the way that i wanted that sounds like a capricorn to me yeah Interesting. I'm a Sagittarius with Cancer rising and Gemini moon. Okay, so you're like feeling a lot of things and going like this. And then forgetting. Like floating around. Yeah. <laughs> forgetting. I'm like, I'm so sad. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. what was I sad about? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 
Yeah, crying and then laughing, crying and then laughing. Yeah. Totally you. Very you. <laughs> I'm I'm like a like I'm like a fire that burns up a mountain. I'm like, here I come, like I'm coming. You're yeah, you're like the um the wood burning fi- the stable fire of strength. I'm like the fire that's like birthday candle fire, like ah You're fun though. That's fun. I'm not fun. There's like nothing fun about me. You're a comedian. That's not fun. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead serious. You're a dead serious comedian, Jess Tom. That is actually kind of true about you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, no, well <laughs> perfect description. And on that note, we're going to end our episode. Sorry it went over a little bit, but one more time. You have a show, Less Lonely, playing until January 6th. The premiere is December 11th. December right? 11th is opening night. Yes. Opening night. And the show is presented by Elliot Page. Yeah, presented yeah, hell yeah. By it's Elliot be Page, so fun. Which, mm-hmm. oh, speaking of Instagram, you were posting with Elliot Page. Uh, okay, see in, here. Uh, sorry. You're Do you like think your ex is jealous? Do you think your ex is jealous? You're literally trying to cl- end this episode and literally, literally, this is like so psycho that this is what I thought. But like Elliot, first of all, he's, we're friends he is just like a great guy and he's so generous he's so so generous and he's done like a few things with me on instagram and the first fucking time we did a post together on instagram i was like look this guy with six million followers on instagram where like it actually makes a difference like what he puts on there because it goes to so many people he posts me easily and he doesn't he does not use Instagram. He's not on social media. He's just not into that. And I was like, this guy can do it. And he did it right away. And it actually really I thought about that. And I thought about this relationship. Like I, yep. I was out of the relationship at this time. But I was like, look how easy it was for him to do this. And we're just friends. He cares about you. Because he cares yeah. about you. Yeah. And because like, it wasn't a big deal and he could do it. It wasn't a big deal. It's not a fucking big deal. You -hmm. know? Who Mm -hmm. cares? Exactly. Who cares? Just post it. (sighs) Anyway, my question still stands. Do you think your ex saw that and is jealous? (laughs) You don't have to. Don't answer that. (laughs) I think a lot of people saw that. (laughs) I think a lot of people. That's right. And how they feel is their business also very true and logical i'm sorry i was being an emotional i'm an emotional sagittarius anyway yeah everyone please go catch the show if you go i do are there any more tickets for the opening night um yeah i think there's tickets um i think tickets are available if you just go on the website which is justtomshow.com there's tickets um but they are selling and i will say i do think that like once opening night happens it's going to start to sell out so i would say come come get them now go right now stop what you're doing and go right now um where and then where can i our listeners find you on social media i am on uh elon musk's twitter (laughs) at jess tom that's j-e-s-t-o-m and on meta's instagram at jess the kid uh, that's J-E-S, the kid. Um, so, yeah, just depending on, you know, which despot you like to support, that's where you can find me. 
I like supporting all of them, you know. I'm just kidding. That's so open-minded <laughs> of you. My, you know, they rich white billionaires deserve rights, have rights too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. And on that note. And on that note, uh, you can find the podcast at Harry Butthole Podcast on Instagram um, or me at YM Mayor everywhere, Young Me Mayor on TikTok. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.